Hello and welcome to the Wedding Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Pete the Celebrant, and we are proudly sponsored by Easy Weddings. Easy Weddings helps thousands of couples nail their big day every year. With their award-winning directory and mobile apps, you can find and book top-rated wedding suppliers, stay on track with their planning tools, or for a more hands-off approach, work with a wedding planner, save you time and money. And the best thing, it's free. Jump on to easyweddings.com.au to start your stress-free journey up the aisle today. Joining us for the episode is Christina Cantors from The C Method. Christina provides public speaking and communication skills for high-performing professionals. She shares with us how to make your speeches better from preparation to delivery and mindset. Allow me to introduce you to the very talented Christina Cantors. Well, hello and welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me and thank you for joining us, Christina Cantors. Christina, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Pete. I'm very excited to be podcasting with now, you. Yeah. And it's been now, you, Christina, you have your own podcast, but it's been a while since you've been doing your podcast. And why has that been? I had a little baby in October. So oh. I've been on mat leave. I ran my podcast, uh, it's called Stand Out, Get Noticed, and I ran that for five and a half years doing a show every single week. And then when I had the baby, I thought, there's no way I'm going to continue this. So I've taken a break and I'm quite enjoying being on break still. So I'll keep you posted about when the podcast starts again. Yeah. Well, thank you for, you're not going into retirement, thank you for coming out of uh, baby (laughs) retirement to come and just share with us uh, because there is no one better I could think of to come and share with us about um, speeches in terms of preparation and delivery and nerves. I think those are the three biggest things that grooms, brides, uh, maid of honours, best man, parents, Mm. these are the things that are thinking about when it comes to weddings, you know, what's their part to play and how do they make sure that they don't ruin the wedding? so why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself? So yes, you've got the podcast, but you've also you also do a few other things. Yes, I do. Um, so I used to be an architect. That's my technical background. And as an architect, I saw how bad architects are at actually presenting their work right. and communicating in the workplace. And as a grad, I and someone who had gone through their own development with public speaking because I used to be terrified of public speaking but I learned that it was a skill that you can learn and when I saw how important communication skills are in the workplace and yet how it's not taught I thought you know what I want to help professionals to be better at this to close that skills gap that they don't learn you know at university so I left that career behind and I started the C method and now I work with ambitious professionals and leaders from across all different industries to help them have more confidence and impact in the workplace with that focus on developing strong communication and public speaking skills. And my, I started a, a podcast to, to help uh, share what I know about that. So everyone can, if you like podcasts and you want to develop your communication skills, go check it out. It's called Stand Out, Get Noticed. Um, and one more thing to add there, 
I also am CEO of a company called Podcast Services Australia, where we work with organizations to establish their own engaging podcasts. You do. You definitely keep yourself busy. Um, cool. Hey, let's jump straight into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, let's talk. I imagine with the information we talk about, we, it is also transferable to vows, but let's maybe focus on speeches in terms of weddings. How like, Help us in terms of with preparation and with delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I know, look, firstly, understand that public speaking is something that most people fear. Okay, so what you're feeling, if you don't know where to start, you don't know how to do it well, it's totally understandable. Um, most people have the fear, so you are not alone. In terms of preparing a speech, one thing I find that people stumble over is that they try to write it out perfectly as a script. Now, mm. when you're throwing around ideas, I would recommend that you don't filter yourself and just write down a list of all the things you want to say. So all the things you love, let's say you're doing a speech about the the bride, write down a list of all the things you love about the bride. Write down all the stories and fun memories that you have of her and you. Write down everything that you could possibly want to share. And then once you've got it all out, you've just done this big bleh of, of words onto the page, you can then start to filter it down. And when we filter it down, I want you to keep a couple of things in mind. The first thing is you need to think about what is the goal of this speech. And this is, this is the same for any type of speaking. You must decide what is the objective? What am I trying to achieve here? And when you figure that out, it helps you to pick and choose what you want to share. The second thing you need to understand is who is your audience? Again, this is the same with any type of speech or presentation. Who is going to be there? Now you might go, well, it's obvious it's going to be the wedding people. But I want you to think about who are the types of people that are going to be there and who do you want this speech to impact the most? Now, to give you an example, I've seen a lot of speeches where they tell a lot of like in-jokes. You know, they'll make like a, a joke or tell a story where they'll go wink, wink, nudge, wink, wink, nudge, nudge and look at the groom and it's something that they understand but everyone else in the audience is going, uh, what, what's going on? I don't, I don't get it. So when we, if you, so if you think about that, the, the, your audience is actually the rest of the wedding party, yeah. what, what you say needs to speak to them as well and not just be directed at the bride and groom again. And then with the, um, with the objective, with the goal, your goal is not, and this is up to you, but I want you to think if in your mind, you're thinking, I have to deliver a funny speech. I was talking with a friend of mine who was asked to MC another friend's wedding recently. And she said, and she was really stressed about it. She said, Christina, I just feel like I have to be like really funny and make people laugh. And I said to her, but is that really the goal of your MC gig at mm. this wedding? She goes, no, it's not. It's, it's to make, it, make everything flow smoothly and to introduce people. I said, mm. okay, great. That's the goal. It is not your goal. Your goal is not to be funny. So when we set, when we have these unrealistic objectives, like I have to entertain or I have to be the funniest person there or 
as you mentioned earlier, Pete, I have to not ruin the wedding, right? <laughs> yeah. If your goal is to not ruin the wedding, then maybe maybe you should shift your goal to something <laughs> a little bit more constructive, <laughs> a little bit more helpful. Sure. And so a, a worthwhile goal might be, when I say worthwhile, I mean like a, a more helpful goal might be um, to share how much I love the bride, you know, to share all mm. the things that I love about the bride or to give a, a heartfelt, um, you know, to share heartfelt stories or, you know, about, about the bride to help them celebrate, you know. So once you've got that goal in place, then you can, it'll make it easier to, to choose what you want, what you want to share. Yeah. I love it. Really simplifying it's down to who you're actually talking to. And I think the in-jokes are a big one. So realizing that the audience you're talking to is more than purely just the, uh, the couple there. You've got grandparents, you've got friends, you've got um, school friends to uni friends, work friends. And if you say an in-joke, it might work with the couple, but if it's going to make everyone else feel like out of the loop and kind of awkward, mm. maybe don't share it. Um, yeah. or if you do it, do so tactfully where the, the couple will hear it and they'll understand on one level, but everyone else will also understand it on their own level and not feel ostracized from this uh, joke. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So that, that audience one is huge. And I think, again, the objective, what is that? And I, that's, and also, yeah, that's a big one in that I have to be funny. It's like, well, do you, is that the point of the speech? I think most people feel like the best man speech has to be funny, but even if it's not, and it's done well, people appreciate that than a failed attempt of trying to do a funny speech. Absolutely. I think trying to add in jokes and make it funny for the sake of it doesn't work. Mm. And look, you may not naturally be a very funny person and that's okay. You might be like your speech might be more heartfelt and earnest and mm. might move people to tears because of the beautiful stories you share as opposed to people falling off their chairs laughing. Yeah. So I think it's it's so important to, you know, and everyone says be yourself, right? It sounds very trite. Um, but to make that a bit more usable, it's draw upon the person you are already. Draw upon your existing yeah. strengths and the way that you would naturally present. If you're naturally funny, then just do what you normally do and you will be mm. funny. You don't have to even try to tell jokes to make yourself even funnier. Does that make sense? Yep, yep. I feel like humour can come from even someone just being sincere and not trying to be funny. Just the way they will say something or the, the story they'll share, even not in an attempt to be funny, but it will just have its own humor even if it is something really endearing yeah. for a mum to say if she says it in the right way it's like it's like oh it's beautiful and it's pretty funny that she just you know whatever she told everyone i had uh, was at a wedding had a month three weeks ago and the mum shared her speech and it felt i don't think she was intentionally doing it it felt like a semi-roast to her son because she was saying all these things with these little stories about you know about johnny and just these things and it had us had us in stitches. And I don't know if she was, mm. look, it could have been intentionally funny, but she just, she nailed it. And she did have that endearing side as well. And it was funny. Um, but I think, again, coming back to the keep it 
like what is the focus uh, and i think the focus of your speech is to well it probably depends whether you're doing the best man speech or the if you're the father of the bride or the groom um i guess each speech does have i haven't asked you to prepare for this each speech would have their traditional elements to it um, I don't know all of those traditional elements off the top of my head. Uh, I know that for the couples, probably making sure they thank everyone. That's probably a big one. Um, mm. I know that the best man for the traditional thing is to let everyone know how beautiful the bridesmaids look and all that as well. That's probably more from that traditional but Do aspect. they really? Do they really look Again, beautiful or do they need all... to tell them? <laughs> <laughs> I was at a wedding recently and someone got up and said, one of the speech givers said, can I just say how absolutely radiant and brilliant and glowing the groom looks tonight? Oh, and the bride also looks quite nice too. So, you know, that was, that was quite funny. Yeah. And that's, but that sort of thing is because we are no longer in an age where, which demands tradition to be respected, you can play upon that. Um, You can be insensitive to tradition and it can still work um, because I think we would, people want, people want realness. We want to have a genuine, yeah. we want to hear a genuine speech, uh, whether that's through humor or through being endearing. Uh, I think I personally try to keep things on a bit of a balance. I, I'm, I like to have that more balance of having a bit of humor as well as sentimentality. I think that's my, it's my style and that's what, why couples choose me um but i think if you you know if you're the parent or maid of honor or just close to the couple having that endearing for speech is not going to look frowned upon it's like oh it wasn't funny um no mm. and remember keep in mind that the audience it's it's probably the easiest audience you'll ever have when giving a speech people at weddings everyone's feeling the love people are Mm. excited to be there they're all getting boozy they're not there to pick on you as the speech giver or to say oh he was terrible you know they they want people want you to do well and it's going to be so easy to get a cheer or a laugh from them so you can have a play with it and you know if you say everyone let's give a big round of applause to so-and-so they will give a big round of applause you know the audience is is highly engaged they're going to be the easiest audience you ever have so it you know when I work with when I work with people a big part of what I teach is around mindset Mm. so with public speaking with presenting you've got the technical side of it which is what do I write how do I say it what is my face doing But then there's also the mindset side of it, which is how am I viewing the situation? How do I, what am I, am I anxious? Am I managing my emotions? Well, how am I viewing the audience? So a lot of nerves and anxiety comes from people thinking that the audience is going to think something bad about them. Yeah. Right. So they're thinking, oh, the audience is going to think I'm boring. They're going to think I'm not funny. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to think this. They're going to think that. And pretty much all of the time, those thoughts are not true. It is not true that your audience is going to think that you are boring or that you have to be funny or blah, blah, blah. So simply shifting that mindset to thinking the audience wants me to do well. They're not here to tear me down. They're, They're going to be very engaged. They're already, you know, full of, full of love. 
you know, so that, that mindset shift in itself is going to help you reduce your nerves and anxiety. All right. So now let's talk about the delivery side. So would, and I want to come back to that mindset um, in the next question. I think that mm. plays a big part on nerves, but let's talk about delivery and maybe you want to include this as well. So we've got that prep in terms of who's your audience. We've got um, what's the point of how, like what's the point of the actual speech and the delivery. So we've done the prep and now take us through. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mindset does play a big part in the delivery. I want to share a couple of what not to do. Great. And this is fresh yep. in my mind because I was at a wedding recently and every single person who gave a speech, the very first thing they said when they stood up was, so I'm not one for giving speeches. So forgive me if I'm a little bit nervous. Oh uh, yeah. And I think to myself, come on, do not start your speech by telling everyone how bad you are at speeches. Yeah. This does not set you up. After all, the MC has just done a wonderful job of saying, and welcome the, the brother of the groom, Michael. And then Mike, like everyone's clapping and then Michael gets up and says, I'm not very good at speeches. It's like, come on, we want to keep up that good energy. Yeah. And no one is expecting you to be a rock star at giving a speech. Everyone knows that you, you're you not a professional speaker unless you are like me, in which case a little you bit of pressure on myself it. at my wedding. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if you're a regular non-public speaking person, people, if you're reading off a sheet of paper, it's fine. Mm. If you make a stumble, it's fine. If you forget what you're saying, it's fine. That is not your job to give a perfect speech. It is you're not like the MC, right? And you'd know this, Pete. As the celebrant or the MC, it is your job to speak well and introduce people correctly. That is your yeah, one thing. Pretty much. And that is your, you have one job and that is to say people's names correctly, right? That's it. I was at a, I was at a wedding two weeks ago. Oh my God. And the celebrant, the first thing she said she got up and she said, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the wedding of, and her face went completely blank. And oh she no, looks over, she looks at the, the, she says the groom's name and she looks over at the bride and the bride just looks at her and says, oh, my name is blah. Oh. And the celebrant goes, oh, and says the name. And we're all sitting there going, oh, oh my God. My gosh. You have one job. <laughs> And that is to introduce the bride and groom and you couldn't even do that. So that's poor form, right? I would expect a lot more from a celebrant in that situation. And even yeah. then, look, everyone's human. We make mistakes. Everyone, but, yeah, if you're gonna, but if you're going to nail something, it is to say the couple's names correctly. Yeah. Now, as if you're, but if you're giving a speech, right, no one's expecting you to be a perfect speaker. Mm. So mm. Please don't start with, I'm not a speaker, because we already know that. It's a moot point. Um, so you just want to launch straight into it. The second thing, this is more of a to-do rather than not to-do, make sure you hold the mic correctly. Mm. I see so many people giving speeches, and I get it. You don't know, you haven't used a mic before, totally fine. But don't hold it down by your navel because we can't hear you. And if we can't hear you, People are going to start getting bored. We're going to start chatting. We're going to start looking around for more canapes. And that's how you lose the audience when we literally cannot hear you. Um, so 
make sure, and I've yelled out to people at weddings going, we can't hear you, move the mic closer. And and so that's just, and I get it, if you're nervous, you're, not, you're thinking about what you're going to say. You're not actually thinking about how do I hold the mic. But if you're worried about this, you might maybe then ask the MC and say, hey, can you please maybe hold the mic for me yep. or give me a little nudge, like give me a little nudge if I start to drop the mic down a little bit. Um, really important. We must be able to hear you. Mm. Um, and on that note, again, this is another wedding that I went to. I don't think they tested the speaker system properly Ooh. because the the sound was just down way too low. And for people at the back, we couldn't hear. Mm. So for the couple, as you're, you know, when you're planning your wedding, whoever's in charge of AV, you know, and the speakers, make sure they test it and, t- yeah. and make sure that you can hear from way in the back. Um, that is probably the biggest gripe that I have with weddings is that mm. it's nothing to do with the quality of the speeches because I will happily listen to any speech. It is, But if I cannot hear, then I'm not going to listen because yep. I physically can't hear. So those are a couple of things to absolutely make sure to do. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that before as well, Pete. I'm just about to say I'm thinking about a wedding I did in February where we did the MC. So we did different location for the ceremony, used my speaker, went to this venue, used their system for the actual reception and no one could hear me. And like I'm mm. yelling into this mic. People back can't hear it. They give me that blank look like, what's he saying? What? What's what? And I was like, this is the word and it's like the start like the main bit where i'm the you know what i'm talking about housekeeping bits and pieces trying to again build this rapport they're on no one can hear me uh thank i was able to switch to the bands they gave me a mic um but by that stage it had man it felt like i'd lost it because it's like can't hear you and it's like even they could like yeah so it's uh 100 having the yeah testing the sound doesn't it sounds so obvious but it's so important and can often be overlooked. So yeah. make sure you make sure you check that, check that. And I think that, and I just, what that first point you made in terms of like you can, oh, I remember hearing that in high school. It's like, don't start your talk with uh, one, I think it was two things. It was like one, I'm so nervous. It's like, cause that didn't just make everyone else feel nervous. Mm. <laughs> it's like this complete cycle of them just, um, freaking out but then the second one is and it's it's probably the most common one because we're thinking how do I start this speech and then we think I know how I think I'll tell everyone what I was thinking about when I was asked to do this speech and they say (laughs) when I was asked to do this speech I was thinking I don't know what I'm going to say and then I thought about it it's like let's skip that clearly you were asked to do the speech let's skip straight to start with a story or, or start with I think a story is the the best or like even start with the year they were born. I don't know anything other than yeah. when I was asked to do this speech, I didn't know what to say. It's like, of course you didn't know what to say. It's part of the whole preparation. It's just like, oh. But- you know what one of my, I'll, I'll, all right, so here's a, here's a tip everyone could steal. Fantastic. Whenever, whenever I'm speaking at an event, mm. I always start by thanking the MC for introducing me. So they introduce, so they say, hey, everyone, let's welcome Megan to give the bridesmaid speech. Megan, you come on. And you say, 
Firstly, can I just say how great a job Pete the Celebrant is doing today at MC. Can we give Pete a big round of applause? And everyone's going to clap, right? Pete the MC is feeling amazing because he's getting some recognition, which he so craves, right? (laughs) Come on. And you you know what else you've just done? While everyone's clapping, you've got a few seconds to calm yourself down, to take some deep breaths, to get ready for just to be standing there in front of people. The attention's directed at Pete while everyone's Mm -hmm. clapping Mm -hmm. and you can just get your stuff together. And then when everyone stops clapping, you then start and say, you know, thanks everyone. I'm so excited to be here. And boom, you've just nailed your opening and made everyone feel good in the process. So good. I use the applause thing so much one because like we're appropriate it's not like every time it's like applause applause and it gets too much but particularly for mm. vows because i think for one even before if the groom's going he's feeling nervous so it's like hey as he's about to do his speech you know as his vows let's give him a round of applause um one it gives me a second whether if he needs to get his vows or if i'm getting that for him whether a card on the ipad just that few extra seconds plus he's going in with everyone's clapping him and i'm sure that has to do something yeah. for the brain of like you're gonna do great yeah. Rather yeah. than going into Everyone this Everyone loves silence. being clapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to go into this awkward silence of, you know, boom, you're just starting. So that's a great, it's a yeah. great way to start a speech. It would make any MC feel fantastic. I have one more. Please, I have one any more other tip. tips for delivery? Yeah. So something that what I find most people have is they've got their script written out and look totally fine. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to forget anything. And they sort of propel through it like bang, 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 bang. And when, and then what they don't prepare for is when people actually do laugh and they just keep talking through the laughter. Now, what this does is it actually means that the audience can't hear what you're saying because everyone, you know, over the noise of the laughter. And as, you know, if you've seen a stand-up comic perform well, you'll know that they are the master of using the pause so they'll tell a joke or they'll, you know, say something funny and everyone laughs. And what do they, do they keep talking through? No, they pause and they might eyeball the audience. They might make a funny gesture. They'll milk it for all it's worth to get as many people laughing as possible. And once that laughter's died down, then they continue on. Yeah. So for everyone doing a wedding speech, I recommend that you prepare that, you know, you might need to take some pauses So make sure you keep it nice and slow so that everyone can hear what you're saying. And if there is an unexpected laugh and then very well, maybe where you're like, I didn't mean for that to be funny, but people are laughing. Just pause, let the laughter run, pause for dramatic effect. And then once the laughter dives down, then you can keep going on. And that will make your delivery much more impactful. Those are some great, great tips. Let's talk about nerves because nerves are a huge part of giving speeches. And I think for any anyone doing public speaking, even for someone who does it regularly, nerves are still something that one has to manage. Uh, how would you tell someone how like advice on how to manage that? Particularly for people who aren't or who don't regularly give speeches. Yeah. Well, I really liked how you said manage nerves as opposed to get rid of them. Mm. Because the, the nerves will always be there. They're not something to kill off or remove or overcome. It's more about something to, to manage and minimise, which we can absolutely do. 
there are a couple of ways to manage nerves. And one of them is to do with the mindset and the other is to do with your physical body. So let's start with the physical body. When we get nervous and fearful, we often hold our breath and we tense up. This is this we're in fight or flight mode, right? Where we think that, you know, back in our caveman days, this is where if we're running away from a bear, we're about to get eaten. We had to, and we were in fear and high on adrenaline. Our bodies would tense up and all the blood would rush to our arms and legs to prepare us for fighting. When we're in a public speaking situation, we don't need to prepare ourselves for a fight unless the, <laughs> the, the, the brother of the groom says something really, <laughs> out, you know, out of left field and deserves a smack in the face, but we're not actually preparing for a fight. But what it does is our body tenses up, we hold our breath and then our mind goes blank because there's no oxygen in the brain. It's all flowed to our arms and legs. So what we need to do to re- re- reduce those nerves and anxiety is to take some deep breaths And it sounds very simple, but it absolutely works. So you need to put the focus on your belly rather than your chest. So when you take deep breaths in and out, you need to focus on your belly expanding and contracting rather than your chest lifting and falling. Now I do this right before a speaking gig, you know, I, I get nervous, you know, just because I do it a lot doesn't mean that I don't get nervous. And I use this technique. You can do it sitting down while you're waiting to yeah. be announced, while you're watching the, the, the person before you give their speech and you can feel your body, you can feel the nerves in, in your stomach or your body tensing up. Just do some deep, slow breaths and that will help to calm you down. Yeah. The other, so when I mentioned the mindset component, it's it ties into what we were exploring before I found one of the most effective ways to reduce nerves is to picture your audience. And this is like almost like a meditation you can do. And you can do this before the event or maybe go to the bathroom, go somewhere quiet and private. And what I like to do is I like to close my eyes and visualize my audience looking back at me, but I visualize them smiling I visualize them receiving what I'm saying with gratitude and love and appreciation. And then I visualize them and actually you can physically reach your hands forward and just visualize yourself sending positive, um, beautiful energy to your audience and then them rating it back to you. Yeah. And so they're there, to, they're open to receiving what you have to say they are sending positive vibes and good feels back your way and just picturing them wanting you to do well and being there for you and really enjoying what you're saying. And this simple technique can really help to calm you down because you understand that, oh, the audience supports me Mm. and they have nothing but love for me. This counteracts the thought process of, oh my God, the audience is going to judge me. They're going to think I'm not funny. They're going to think that, you know, I'm going to speak for too long. I'm going to mess up. They're going to think I'm no good. They're going to wish that they were doing something else. That exercise counteracts all of those really unhelpful thoughts that we tend mm. to have about our audience um, or even about the bride and groom. Like sure. I have to impress them. I have to do the best speech ever. 
you know, you don't, it's putting those sorts of thoughts are, are what create a lot of anxiety within people. Yeah. yeah. I do that minds and I find the mindset stuff almost more important than my physical preparation for delivery. And I, again, it, it all goes hand in hand, but that mindset of turning up, because I might've done all my preparation. I could feel good and solid. And if I turn up there and I, my little routine is once I'm in the room standing there and, and friends and family are coming in, I make sure that I, not in a weird way, but I'm phys- just physically scanning and looking at the room um, because I want to, I, and in the same time, I'm telling myself, I'm like, just look at everyone. I'm like, look, everyone's here. Everyone wants to have a good time. Everyone wants to have fun. Everyone's here to support you and what you're doing. You're going to do a good job. And I'm just saying all these good things because if I don't, if I start to go, oh, they don't, this looks like a bit of a, I don't know, this crowd's like, oh, I don't know if they're going to like some of the things I got to say. And oh, and it's like, that will just build on this negative feedback, but rather than actually mm. just tell myself like, no, no, this is it's like, you've got your job to do. You're going to do a great job. Everyone here just wants to have a good time. So absolutely. Just that's a really good point, you know, and making it understanding why the audience is there. Mm. Right. When I MC events, I always think to myself, the audience is not here to see the MC. Yeah. Like they're not here. They didn't pay money to come to this event to see the MC. <laughs> yeah. They're here to, you know, see the the guest speakers yep. or to celebrate something or whatever. Um, and so with a wedding, it's like the people aren't there to see you speak as a, mm. an objective. They're there to see the couple. Yeah. They're there to celebrate the couple and to get boozy with them and party. Like people are there to yeah. party. So, yeah. you know, they're not there specifically to judge you or to, you know, pick holes in your speech. So, you know, it's, you're right. The mindset stuff, it's, it is, it actually does affect more. It has more of an impact than mm. the actual technical, you know, preparation. Yeah. Because you've got, I find there's, there's that internal voice and dialogue going on as I'm delivering everything that I've already prepared. And if my internal dialogue is filled with, you know, oh my gosh, I'm nervous. Oh, I hope they're not, they think this is all right. Oh, I wonder what they'll think about this. It's almost like I have to overcome this internal dialogue to just get the words out how I want to get them out. So if I can just, I know it's called monkey brain or whatever, monkey mind. If I can just get that to chill. If I can get that just to chill and calm, and uh, I know that everything else will go well. And I think that uh, with speeches as well, it's just, and if when people ask me, like, you know, with speeches, like any advice, I literally just say, go take two deep breaths beforehand. I'm like, you've got this. I'm like, everyone's here. They want to hear you do a great job. Um, they're going to support you. They're here to have fun. It's just, I tell them all the things I tell myself. Um, yeah. And it's, I think just, as you said, those breaths beforehand, um, crucial, crucial. Mm this is awesome there's been so much stuff in this um i'm really looking forward to sending this to couples and saying hey for all those doing speeches have a listen to this this is exciting uh, our last two questions same questions for every uh, every guest on the show what do you wish couples knew so knew about giving speeches i'm going to leave these last two completely in your hands, whether you want to talk about speeches or from your own personal experience as a bride or as a guest who has attended weddings. Yeah. 
Well, look, I think uh, there's so many things and I'd probably reiterate what we've already talked about in that, mm. you know, people are there to celebrate in the love of the couple. You know, I wish more people had that focus of, of here's what the goal is. Here's why people are here mm. as opposed to making it all about them. So that that's a, that's a key thing. Making yeah. it about like stopping making it all about you is one of the, that's one of the things that really helped me to build up a lot of my own confidence sure. with speaking. Yeah. Um, to make it about the audience and how you can serve them as opposed to making it all about yourself and needing to be, you know, funny, knowledgeable, engaging, whatever that is. Um, in terms of wedding, weddings in general, my husband and I, we got married two years ago today, actually. So it's quite wow, fitting really? that we're doing this. Congratulations. This yeah. Thank you. Two years. I don't know. What is that? Like paper? Two years. two years of solid paper. Green tea? I have no idea, but it's two years of <laughs> solidness. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a really fun day. And what I wish that couples knew is that stuff will go wrong, yeah. actually. Like you can plan it to the nth degree, but stuff will go wrong. Yeah. You know, we had the song that we had playing as we entered, as I entered the ceremony, stopped playing halfway through and we had to stop the vehicle and a friend had to save us. She ran in with her phone because she knew what the song was and she's like, here, put it, put it on my Spotify and she just played it. So in the moment we they had to figure that out. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on the, the, the wedding vehicle going, what's going on? But our photographer took advantage of the opportunity and took the chance to take a bunch of photos of us on the vehicle, which, by the way, was a unicorn car. That's cool. A bit hard to describe, but it was it was it looked very cool. Um, and so that was fine. And then at the ceremony, the celebrant stands up and says, and now we're going to have a reading from blah, blah, blah. My friend, let's call her Jill. We're going to have a reading from Jill. Can Jill please come up? No, Jill. <laughs> and I'm standing there at the, not the altar, but you know, on the thing. What's yeah, it called? Yeah. I'm standing know. there looking around, going, "Where is she? She knew she had to be here to do this reading, and she's not here." <laughs> so the celebrant just went, "Oh, that's okay. I'll do it." So she did the reading, which was fine. Right. Yeah. Um. Afterwards, I called my friend, oh. and she said, "She." I said, "Um. So." you were meant to do the reading at the the wedding today? She goes, oh, yeah, wasn't it at 7 p.m. tonight? Oh. I said, no, it was midday today. Like, we've just had it. And she was mortified. Oh, no. She felt, and I couldn't, I couldn't even be mad because I was like, she's already putting herself through so much anguish. Yeah. I was like, I can't. Um, but, you know, that sort of stuff went wrong. And sure. As much as you plan, it's going to happen and you just have to go with it. And what I learned was that it's actually not that upsetting on the day because you're so excited to just be having your wedding and there's so much love in the air and you're so excited to see all your friends and family. Like things going wrong, even seemingly major things going wrong, it didn't even bother me. So, you know, prepare for things not working out the way you want them, but that's okay. Yep. Yep. And if you have a great team around you, uh, clearly this is my, you know, what we say for our industry. If you have a great team of wedding supplies, they'll make it happen. Like the celebrant who was like, 
gave enough time was like, instead of got all, getting all awkward and flustered, like, that's right, I'll do it. And it's like, just carry on. And photographer took the moment. It's like, well, I can make the most of the situation for your pictures. They did that. Yep. So it's, it's good. What about your best, is that your best advice for couples? Oh, best advice. I'm going to follow on with what we were just talking about with trust in your team, mm. trust your suppliers. These, I mean, of course, if they are good suppliers, right? Um, you need to trust that they're going to do their job well and that they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, just like you, Pete, as the celebrant, as the MC, you have one job, mm. right? To introduce people well, to run the ceremony smoothly, to make sure that everyone knows what's happening. That's your one job. Yeah. Um, the flower person has one job. The catering company has one job. So trust that they will do that one job well. Yeah. And because I know that we can tend to want to control everything and have a close eye over everything. What I found was I just let people do what they did best. And even asking friends and family for help, um, my expectations were exceeded immensely. Mm. Um, for example, I mentioned <laughs> I wanted to get married on a unicorn. Um, so I got my dad, my dad has this golf buggy, like a John Deere, not a golf buggy. It's like a, you know, you cart stuff around yeah, on a farm yeah, with yeah. it. And I said to my sister's partner, I have this vision <laughs> that this buggy will be a unicorn and I'm going to sit on the back and we're going to rock up to the ceremony in it. And um, their name is Bowie. And Bowie said, yeah, sure. And I was expecting a cardboard cutout, like a flat unicorn face stuck on the front. Sure. But they actually, we got Aaron's, cousin to weld a 3d skeleton head of a unicorn and bowie got the inside of a couch the stuffing and wrapped it around the head and spray painted the face to make it look realistic like a real unicorn (laughs) and then mounted it to the front of this buggy and when i saw this unicorn i thought that's the most incredible thing i've ever seen (laughs) i was expecting a googly eyed cardboard cutout head yet but i got a 3d real life looking unicorn vehicle and I can send you a photo if you want to Please. pop it on the, in the show notes. Please. But it was, I was just so overwhelmed and I had basically no control over that. I just said to Bowie, here's the brief. I want a unicorn. I know you're good at building stuff. Go. Yeah. And they completely exceeded my expectations. So, you know, trust in, if you're asking people for help, you know, trust in them and allow them to do their thing instead of mm. trying to control every nitty gritty detail. Yeah. So good. Christina, thank you so much. So much incredible advice. I'm really looking forward to getting this podcast out there and particularly for all those who are doing speeches, even for this weekend, um, this can really help them. So thank you very much. I'll make sure you put everything in terms of links and that in the, uh, in the profiles people can find you. And I just hope that you're enjoying this time uh, being a freshly new mama just enjoying this yeah. um, but please everyone if you're looking forward if you're looking for a way to improve your own public speaking uh head over to it's stand up stand oh, i've ruined it I? the podcast is <laughs> you have one job pete the one podcast job. is no that's okay it's a uh, stand out get noticed stand and you can find it noticed. you can find it at the c method.com the c method.com yep Great. and it's 281 
episodes there if you want to trawl through those. Um, if you've already listened to this one, then obviously you like podcasts. So yeah, go get, on, head over go and get you, on another podcast. <laughs> you might even find one there with yours truly on there, which is actually yes. the, the start, the introduction to how I can do podcasts. So thank you. Amazing. Yeah, we talked about how to introduce people and be a great MC. Yeah. Which I have also sent, I've sent that episode to friends of mine who have been asked to MC weddings. Oh, cool. So there you go. It's all coming around around again. There we go. Cool. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please head over to the C method and make sure you get all the information. Make yourself an incredible public speaker. Uh, you're gonna nail it. Thank you so much, Christina, for coming and sharing as well. Thanks, Pete. This is super fun. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Like we do it.